Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hi, and welcome to a special episode. So this is an episode I recorded back in the fall that I just didn't have time to put out. And I thought with week where Patrick was on special assignment, aka jury duty, I felt, and we didn't have an episode to record, I felt that this would be the perfect time to drop this episode. This is actually an episode I recorded with, if you've listened to the other podcasts, Time to Wind Down, then you will know that we've had this guest on before. Plus, I've also posted it on our Parental Advisor Movie Podcast feed as well. I had the Extreme pleasure to welcome back Lit Hop rapper and good friend MC Lars, this time with another special guest, Schaefer the Dark Lord. These gentlemen have a new album coming out called 999, which explores the dark movies of Disney, kind of the themes and such like that. It is a wonderful album that I definitely recommend people to search out. It's going to be available for everybody later this month, I believe. And if you helped with the Kickstarter, then you should be getting it fairly soon as well. So without further ado, please welcome MC Lars and Schaefer the Dark Lord to this very special episode. And we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled movie talk. Your smiles on arrival quickly turn to terror once you learn this destination's final. These marble busts, they follow us like screens behind the bending doors. Luigi's mansion's half as horrifying as what lies in store. Floating candles down the hallway, never ending, losing hope. I feel the walls close in upon my dome, no joke, a hat box goes. No windows, no doors, no Hello and welcome. This episode, we have an amazing couple of guests, one returning, one new. And they are here to talk about their new album, 999. Please welcome both nerdcore hip-hop legends, in my mind, MC Lars and Schaefer, the Dark Lord. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes. Most what up, Jeff? Good to see you again. Same. Same. It's been a minute. It's been, what was it, a year when we did a blockchain? Yeah, it was tight. Yeah. No, it was two, two, two years. So thank you two for talking years. to me. Again. Golly, that's a minute. It just seems like it was yesterday, I guess. But yeah, no, it's dope. That's what's up. Thank you all for joining us. And I am very excited. Whenever I heard you, whenever I heard you guys were announcing that y'all were going to do a collaboration album, I thought this is perfect. And then when you said, hey, we're going to, we're working on a dark on like a dark Disney album. I said, I'm here. I'm I'm all in. I said, put me in. I'm in. Like I'm I'm so ready for this. I cannot wait. And then the Kickstarter started. Kickstarter started. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And when it funded, I was like, hell yes, let's do this. 
Thanks for supporting it. And so I was like, okay, we're going to, I can't wait. And then we got a couple of track names to kind of tease. And then we've got more. Mm-hmm. And then like the f- first single, no windows, no doors drop Haunted mansion. Love it. I was like, all right, this is amazing. I cannot wait for the rest. So what, where did y'all come up with this idea? Like who came, like, was this just like a conversation y'all had? Like, how did this, what's the genesis on Can I do it real fast? Can I tell the story yeah. fast? Yeah, you tell the story. I'll do it. I'll do it in a rap, a freestyle rap. Schaefer and I went on tour before COVID. We went on the Haunted Mansion ride. I said, you know this. Disney World, it was late but not dark. Schaefer had never been to a Disney-themed amusement park. And then COVID hit. We remembered with passion stuck inside because the government was asking us to stay away as the vaccine was cooking. Our minds were making new ideas, not mistook. And so we said, let's do an album about the Haunted Mansion ride. Cause in our friendship, we both did confide, but we thought that the concept might be limited. So we went back and we <laughs> subliminated, <laughs> we, we re- reinvented it. We said, let's do a theme about dark Disney tracks. So we made the whole record and we did the genre of rap. Our first Song was called No Windows, No Doors, and that's a single. Now we're on the hey, podcast with okay. Jeff. We came to mingle. Yes. Does that make sense? My, exponentially better sorry, than I ever I'm could. Sorry. Let's put it that way. Did that make sense? So wait, you summarize like Chad GBT. Oh, now summarize <laughs> what I said in prose. Boom. No, it was great. Basically, y'all did a lot of time on your hands, and you're like, hey, let's do this album. <laughs> and then what's. Yeah, except we did have a lot of time on our hands, but we were doing a lot of other stuff with our free time during COVID. We didn't really that's true. work on this record until this year. But but we did. It was that it was that final that last pre-COVID tour that ended with us celebrating by going to Disney World and going on the Haunted Mansion that was the seed for this. And it was Lars's idea to say, hey, we should write a concept album about the Haunted Mansion. And we probably he probably I think he probably pitched this idea to me like early, like in the beginning of COVID, but we didn't really start working on it until a couple of years later. And by then we expanded the idea to make it about all of the dark. Right. Or supernatural or occult Disney stuff that That's we wanted to write about. You know what's so cool? I saw something. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you'll appreciate this. Like when you have friends that you've known for like 20 years and they're so close and you're like, I have this crazy idea. And your friend's like, okay, whatever. It's like yeah. building a spaceship in your backyard as kids. <laughs> and then we're like, can we get people to crowdfund it? Sure. Oh, look, it's completely paid for. Oh, and now we talk to our friends on their podcasts about it. It's like, the energy of DIY where you just do something from scratch and you rely on your friend to help you with like yeah. things, blind sides you have. And like our teamwork has been so easy and fun. It just made me fall in love with the creative process again. And I can't wait for people to hear it. And it's just so cool to like not need a label. A label would be like, what? You're doing a Disney record? Oh, that's funny because Universal, BMI, BBG, BBBB does our distribution of our artists that sell. So you can't. Cool. So it's, you can be independent. You can you create go. all sorts of copyright <laughs> fraud. <laughs> yeah. I was playing, but that's all I have to say. Now, and then I'll let Schaefer talk the rest of the 15 minutes. I'm done. <laughs> what? So I'm kidding. One thing I noticed while listening to at least the first five tracks is that I, I can see, I can see influences from both of you. Like I could, I Schaefer, I could tell, I could see a lot of your influences, especially from your last album, the derelict craft. I could really like a lot of the darker mm-hmm. kind of beats and everything. I could really see a lot of correlation with some of the stuff from your last album. And Lars, just your 
classic just the way you're you're the way you rhyme and everything it's just there's just a familiarity with both of you in the way that y'all made it work cohesively like it seems like it's effortless but i know it's hard that you have to like make compromises on hey how are we wanting to do this how did so basically how did y'all decide hey let's try this or let's do you have an idea for this like how was your process and in, in getting everything together oh well we we were lucky that we have you know almost 20 years experience of collaborating together so we already kind of knew how to work with each with each other though all of our previous collaboration experiences had been more like one of us would write a song and leave you know a space open so you could have a guest a guest verse you leave 16 bars and your friend comes in and does a does a verse so this was different in that way that we were able that we were actually just writing these songs together instead of having one another feature on them and i feel like all of those years of the many many tracks that we'd done together kind of gave us a, a leg up so that we already had rapport and chemistry and then we just found a new way to work and every song was kind of written differently we started off with a list of potential topics potential disney properties that we wanted to write songs about and then we kind of we'd kind of just go through and take turns and when one of us was like would be kind of inspired by a topic we'd find a temporary beat and write a verse or a chorus and send it to the other one for notes and then the other one of us was doing the same thing at the same time so we were just kind of it was it was really fully collaborative in a way that i have not worked before and you know what's cool jeff like we both learned a lot about each other's fandoms and stuff and we did a lot of our vo- vocals on beats that we liked that we later had our producer redo in a new way just based on our vocals. So like we weren't waiting for a producer to send us beats because like since Schaefer and I are both mm-hmm. are very familiar with each other's cadences, we'd hear a beat like a, and we'd be like, okay, well, I know how your 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 style will fit on this. I know how mine will. So we'd write to a certain beat and then it would get remixed as an original composition that would then cause us to then redo the hmm. flow slightly so it was like iterative in that we were building on the syncopation and stuff in a way that like we really really could only do right having toured like hundreds of shows together we really know each other's flow so well so that was cool not having to wait for beats that we just found beats and then changed them you know yeah we also did kind of an interesting thing like in a couple of songs maybe one of us would kind of write the whole thing and write parts for the other one and then that person would you know, mm-hmm. rewrite them and kind of punch up the the vo- lyrics that have been written for them in kind of their own style. But I feel like we had a couple of cases where we were writing parts for one another that were written in the <laughs> just, other person's voice just right. because we knew how to do it. I definitely wrote like a part for a song knowing like, this is how right. I, I say this. Yeah, I think I can relate yeah, to and, that uh, and in a, in a way yeah. that that's tight. So I've been at this, I've been working at the same place for 13 years. I know, I mean, I've been there oh, very, I mean, for some, you know, pretty, at least in our profession, a long time. And so it seems that once you get to know people so well, you work for me, it's like almost like writing in the same voice or writing the other person's voice is kind of like learning their, like do, learning how to do an impression of them. Like I could do impressions of my coworkers, like with, you know, facial feature, you know, facial tics and, you know, cadence of how they talk so much like like literally i think i'm up to like 13 people at work that i just do a really and my favorite thing is to always be able to do it in front of them like it's like yeah i remember that conversation you were like and then i just start doing the impression and then they kind of 
laugh at the impression that I'm doing, but also, you know, we're having at the same time, kind of having a semi-serious conversation, but it, it it's just kind of, you know, somebody for so long, you kind of, you're able to kind of pick up on that and pick up on how they do things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one that just shows the longevity of how long you've known somebody and how well, you know, somebody, and it it's more of a compliment than it is anything else. I know well, countless yeah. compromising <laughs> secrets about MC Lars that I will never <laughs> disclose. Yeah, but I just well, want I him mean, to know that I don't forget anything. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never had to knock on wood, but that's the impression that I get. Oh, look at you! No, but we know Schaefer. And I, I've seen where Schaefer grew up in his hometown. I saw where his, the bar where his parents met. I think like all this really cool stuff that. And Schaefer stayed at my house and yeah, seen all my childhood, childhood photos and frames around the house. Yeah, it's like he's like my bro. He's like my big bro, but he's only a few years older than me. But like that's the kind of closeness you get from living living in a van with other <laughs> bandmates who are more difficult. And stuff. right, not not nerdcore guys. Mm-hmm. Like we've been in bands with other people, like in the, our other completely other genres. We have nothing but love for our nerdcore Indeed. friends of all genders. So. Except for Damien. We love him twice as much. <laughs> twice as much. Well done. Uh, well done. So one of my favorite tracks out of the five I've gotten to listen to so far is the rated G for trauma. I think that is I, I <laughs> that speaks to me on so many different levels because I'm like, oh, my God, I've been talking about this for years about how Disney animated movies are really just they're really traumatic for kids. But yet they're like, hey. Yeah. 42 minutes in, Bambi's mom is dead. 36 minutes in, Simba's dad is dead. At 11 minutes in, Carl's partner is dead. Before the opening credits, Nemo's mother is dead. Cinderella's sisters ripped her dress off and attacked her. When Belle was in prison, she fell in love with her captor. Mulan found a burning village where no one survived. Mr. Villain planned to skin those spotted puppies yeah, I mean that's what. Well, that's <laughs> the idea of like behind like adding that song to the the album was is that we had all these songs that were kind of individual tributes of of specific individual Disney properties, and at the end, I wanted to like I wanted to get away to like fit a bunch more references to Disney stuff in the album, and I realized that the kind of common thread throughout Disney's decades of work is children or adults having childhood memories of being traumatized by watching Disney films. Yeah. And yeah, I was able to like ask people that I knew to just give me their list of, hey, what's the most traumatic thing you saw in a Disney movie as a kid? It doesn't really need any preface because everybody has one. Right. So I was able to collect a bunch of those and then remind you of everything that screwed you up as a child. Yeah. So <laughs> I I remember when my son was two or three, I hadn't seen Dumbo in God knows how long. Yeah. So we checked it out from the library because libraries rock. And it's like the last place. It's the last building where you can actually check out a movie unless you live in Bend, Oregon. Right. But it's the last place where you can actually peruse and rent a movie and actually just walk through and look to see what they have, like a video store. But anyways, we checked out Dumbo. I was like, yeah, it's Dumbo. This ought to be cute. And then I watched, and then we watched Dumbo. I go, this movie's terrible. Oh, yeah. It is. This is who's this movie for? It's not for kids. This movie's god awful. It's a it's an LSD trip. 
it's just traumatic from beginning to end. Like there is no, I'm like, why is this movie? Why was this movie ever popular? Well, it's, you know, it was, it existed at a time that, that didn't benefit from having like decades of screenwriting being honed. So they didn't really know how to craft a tight narrative and they went off on tangents and everything was so awful. But yeah, that movie is like 70 minutes of watching a cartoon elephant get bullied almost to death. And then at the end, it's like, Oh, but I'm special credits. Yeah. I'm like, well, that should be like in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that should be in the middle. Yeah. And then use his powers to exact revenge upon those who wronged him. Exactly, by swooping in and knocking him off a cliff or but something. But what about I, that song? It's like, Casey June just coming down the track. That song's dope. Casey June yeah. coming down. And that's really track. about it. Like, everything else is just rain, depressing, and just yeah. dark. Crows being evil. Golly. Oh, the crows but are yeah. kind of racist, right? Too? Oh, like not kind of. They're not yeah. kind of. They're like <laughs> offensive stereotypes. Yeah. Like, Disney had a lot of, a lot of those. And that's yeah. not tight. That's not tight at all. Nope, that's why they got rid of Uncle Remus's well, ride or whatever, and now they're or the American Plunge or whatever it's called. I don't even know. Flash Anyways, Rock they're paper. turning into Princess Tiana's water ride now. You know, something so. that Lars mentioned recently in a conversation that I hadn't really thought of before is that I kept thinking about Disney just having this long history of traumatizing its audience. But mm-hmm. Lars had this this pretty interesting take when he pointed out that Disney was actually the way that a lot of people first like as children are kind of presented with the idea of death and and mm-hmm. the consequences and the, the fallout and and dealing with it and what it means to to like lose somebody which i'm sure a lot of us have like interpreted as trauma because it was yeah. it's scary and upsetting as a child but it's also i don't know it's also i guess i don't know what it was that you were saying about a large but i, I keep thinking about this no. idea that disney is really responsible for introducing a lot of us to the concept of death well 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 it's it's like this is death this happens so make the most of every moment because no one definitively knows what happens after we die and a lot of the yeah. disney movies shaper like you're saying is like death happens to a parent or something and then the the characters are forced to maximize their potential it's like the hero's journey but it can be very general it doesn't have to be mytho- mythological which i think is right. that's such an important part of storytelling it doesn't matter your religion or whatever like yeah and that's what rated g for trauma i gotta give shaper props because those are all his that's one where he wrote all the lyrics so it's definitely was fun to rap it and uh it's a really great song and everyone seems to love that song a lot which i think is great so yeah. holler it's, it's definitely one everybody can relate to i mean for sure there's at least a, well you throw that much spaghetti at the wall <laughs> you'll at least one, <laughs> at least one noodle will it, stick. it's about to one, at least one strand's about to stick and i'm gonna start frying yep you know what you know what probably for my childhood at least what the most traumatic movie was for me roger rabbit the shoe no surprisingly <laughs> oh. no before that what? even Willie, gene wilder's Willy wonka oh, yeah. chocolate factory he's uh he's scary it's a scary design. He wasn't even with the scary thing. The Oompa Loompas terrified me. Oh, well, yeah. It's all because they were the ones that were singing their little cult chants and wailing kids away. Yeah. And me being a very honorary kid growing up was terrified because I thought I was going to be the next one. Okay. Because I, I, I mistakenly rented that on VHS. And then back before, the, you know, MTV, MTV was big, you could rent music videos on VHS and I rented Michael Jackson's thriller and the red eyes at the end was too much for me. Terrified. So even with the, dis- that, even with the disclaimer, 
even with the yeah. disclaimer that said warning this this video does not confirm my belief in the occult something right <laughs> the but, um the but yeah, Charlie... no, that that movie oh, definitely ahead, jeff sorry sorry jeff there sorry you. yeah i was gonna say in the original charlie and the chocolate factory it's like there's that meme where it's like kid dies and it's a spongebob meme and they're dancing and they go yeah every oompa loom. exactly <laughs> it's, like, it's like oh let's go what did it say? Where, where's TV Mike? TV Mike? He's flying above us in a million different pieces. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's all our identity on the internet. We're addicted to TV. Yep. We're addicted to chocolate. We're all Augustus Goop. We're all a bit of Ruka salt. And I can't stop seething. Can't stop the seether. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, wow. That's an old school Ruka salt reference. I dig well it. done. Well done. I, I dig it. Well done. There's yep. another band called TV Mike that was in England. Schaefer, you're so professional. Was there really a band called TV Mike? Yeah, yeah, there but, was. I'm gonna start crying. And then there was a movie called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm yeah, sorry, I, I'm on one. <laughs> Yo, Jeff. Okay, Jeff. I want you to give us in the next ten minutes of your great interview. Give us the ten hardest questions you could ever think of. Okay, oh, don't Lord. don't. These are not legit instructions, Jeff. Don't you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to follow that. That's going to be more than ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I also don't know if I. So. <laughs> While I was listening to uh, Finding Dreamfinder, mm-hmm. oh, all I could do was ha- have this PTSD <laughs> experience of the last time I was on that ride at Epcot, in which the ride stopped for ten minutes, but the music didn't stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nightmare. and I'm just hearing imagination, imagine for ten minutes straight, and we are not moving, and I'm like, I'm never going on this ride ever again. <laughs> And I remember as a kid loving Figment and the Dream Like I had, my, I have a picture of me somewhere with the two of them at like four years old, and that's tight. Did not see them obviously when I was there last. What ninety four? Yeah, yeah, no picture, but definitely got at least adolescent adolescent trauma from <laughs> that ride. That's- but I'm like, oh. That's a song I had to do a lot of research for, and Lars also helpfully pointed me that. in the direction of of the research. And because I I never went to Epcot, I never I didn't right. I didn't know who Figment and Dreamfinder were. But Lars had a real like strong attachment to them, and he sent me so much so much information, so much like research that I could do about like the history of the characters and how the ride was like decommissioned and some pretty interesting stuff. And then wrote like these kind of drafts for for the story, drafts of like my verses to like you know, kind of move the narrative along. And I got to say, like, at first I didn't really get it because I didn't feel this connection to the source material, but right at some point it really clicked to me. And now that's my favorite song on the album. I do like it. And I do like it. It's just like, Oh my God. Thanks. Oh, I just <laughs> like make well, the right. Well, we, I thank you in advance for having a traumatic experience in your pre-adolescence yeah. that helps our song be more potent to you personally you yes <laughs> Other, you're doing you're doing half the work for us so thank the, you. the mind's eye was already it was already working pretty good there jeff i would tell you something interesting about that song so brian from cuckoo kangaroo wrote the chorus oh and, nice and schaefer schaefer well he wrote the original melody and schaefer finished writing it and the whole song is based was kind of based on you know the song puff the magic dragon mm-hmm. you know how jackie paper stops chilling and Puff goes off and like slinks off on his own and he dies or whatever. So it's this idea of like Figment is a lot like Puff the Magic Dragon, but he's a, the creator created by this inventor. And so what happens when the inventor dies? Well, 
figment doesn't disappear because the things we create in this life, the stories we tell, the art we make will live on forever. So it turns out figment invented the inventor because Dreamfinder, because Dreamfinder will live on through his creations. And it's a story of friendship and that like it's it's kind of emotional to think about it. Schaefer's Schaefer's character or the Dreamfinder character, like Figment is an innocent little kid, Dragon. He's never heard of death, like a little kid watching Disney movie. Right. Dreamfinder gets cancer, which is like a very sad graphic thing. And then he won't move his hat by his bed and his goggles. And I remember when my friend, I had a friend who died in college and I went to see his house in Connecticut and his parents left his yearbook by the bed because they was too emotional to move it. And so it's like, what do you do when you have something that's so representative of the person you love? And so the character gets the strength to go up to the rainbow and dream and leave the goggles on the place and immortalize them. And so like, we live on through our ideas. And that's the point of that song. And that's why I think I love that song so much too. It's one of the only songs on the album that's like, ends joyfully <laughs> all the rest right. are like horrible endings so <laughs> yeah that's what's up that's awesome so one thing i i i learned this year now i'm sure i went to disneyland when i was like very very small but i've never been back my wife and daughter went oh, september they went for a couple of days and then came back i could not get off work i stayed at home but they had an amazing time. But one thing I learned while doing some research, because we went, because when the new Haunted Mansion movie came out, did some research on Haunted Mansion. So I'd have a little bit of extra, you know, little tidbits to sprinkle in while also reviewing the movie. And one thing I didn't realize until then is that there are literally two different Haunted Mansions. So the one at Disneyland is like the one that's behind you there, Lars. And the one in Orlando is completely different. There's three because there's Ravenswood Manor in, in uh, Disney Paris. In Paris. And then there's also the one in Japan. Oh, but shoot. not China. There's not one in China. But, but so are they all, all different building designs or are they just replicas of one no, of the two? I, here? I think the ones internationally are, are well, Phantom Manor is best based on the Winchester Mystery House in San oh, Jose. Phantom, yeah. It's Phantom Manor, not Ravenswood Manor. But it's the Ravenswood Phantom Manor. Yeah. And then. The one in Tokyo, I think, is based on Disneyland. But yeah, okay. it is spooky, and I'm going to start crying. Yeah, it is it is wild, though. Because I've not been to the one at Disneyland yet. We're going, I think, in March. We're going, we're going Are you back. serious? Be my first, yeah, be my first time going to Disneyland, at least since an infant, I think. Um, Dude, that's dope as hell. Yeah. Um, Yo, the one hard. in Tokyo is so different. It, okay. I bet. It looks like brick, but that's a whole nother story, bro. <laughs> Dude, in the next five minutes, yep. the last five minutes of this interview, I'm so excited for these questions because you're killing it. <laughs> you're saying- so, it, so what track are you guys most excited for everybody to hear that you haven't that, you know, for like your Kickstarters that may have not had a preview of what's to come yet? Like, I is got there three a favorites. One? I got okay. three favorites, but I don't want to go before Shaper. Well, I'm just going to say one because I don't want to spoil all of it. Oh, I do. My oh, favorite. All right. My favorite record on the album is one called Pleasure Island. And it is about the 1940 Pinocchio animated feature. It's not about the movie. It's just the small scene that takes place where yes. the two bad guys meet this worse guy in a bar and he pays them to like, excuse me, to participate in this criminal enterprise, which is kidnapping young boys off the streets 
and sending them to an island where they're allowed to drink and smoke and fight and destroy things with no supervision. And then ultimately they, without explanation, just turn into donkeys and then they're placed into crates and sold off by the worst guy as livestock. It's just as the narrative of Pinocchio just takes this, this detour into this story. It does. So wild. That's so weird, especially weird when you look at it as an adult and you're familiar with concepts like, you know, child trafficking and, and yes. how horrifying this whole thing was. So we have a song on the album about that place called Pleasure Island that is in the style of a sea shanty. And I think that's the song on the album that I'm the most excited to share with people. That's awesome. That sounds dope. We also did a song about the Black Cauldron. Boom. And it's this called Rivers of Avarin. And it's about what happens after the movie based on the books, which I'm a, of which I'm a big fan. Looking forward to everyone hearing these songs. And I just think that when we get to talk to Jeff Hall, it's <laughs> best questions. It's relaxed. People are laughing. And I see cool wallpaper. That's what all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a cool guy. I'm all right. I'm all right. So there's one thing I noticed too. Who would one question I definitely had was yeah. who's the your person that does like your background vocals? The female artist? Oh, that's a good question. Her name is Ilya and she's in Ukraine and she's okay. like on a lot of songs. But we have a few different vocalists, but our main vocalist, right. there's like three female, four female vocalists. There's her, this British woman named Christine. My wife did a few vocals. And then Schaefer, your friends on Pleasure Andrew. Island. My friend Andu who sings vocals on okay. Pleasure Island. Because I recognize, I forgot which song it is. There's one I recognize from some of your uh, prior work, Lars. Yeah, that woman is the 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 Ukrainian woman I've hired a lot, and she's yeah. great. She does a lot of yeah, my no, she's, I was like, I recognize that voice. There's a project I do with my friend Cowboy Coder called Fiona Snapple, where we do uh-huh. we do like hard, we do like metal covers of pop songs, and she does the female vocals in Fiona Snapple. That's dope. She's on the Let the Bodies Hit the Floor cover. We did a drum. Nice. And I feel joyful talking about it. (laughs) I so with my son turning almost turning 13 here in a couple weeks. You know, the angstiness is just really kicking in full force, you know, and it's nothing against us. It's just, you know, just that age. It's the law. You know. It's it's lovely. I love it. (laughs) What did Um, you say? It's the lump? I said it's the law. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, he's got the the hair. He's got the emo hair, but like full force emo hair. And there's just been days that I'm like, I'm just. I feel like I just need to play Limp Biscuits break stuff just just to help him out get through the day. Because <laughs> I know he hasn't heard it, but I feel like that would just help motivate him to get through the day sometimes. Because he's just angsty, and I know he's mad about something. Maybe just waking up. I don't know. <laughs> Everything is up. <laughs> Yo, but. I'm like, I feel like this would just help him. Remember that Kevin James meme that was everywhere? Yes. There's the one where it's like like they say, they say, they say, I don't listen to Limp Bizkit. And he's standing there with a backwards red hat and he's holding the chainsaw and he's like, (laughs) yo, that's what's up. Okay, Jeff, I'm excited for your last questions because we got to jump on this other interview. I I love your questions. They're so tight and I want them to keep coming. So give us your next best question you can ever think of. No pressure. Yep, no pressure. It's going to be easy, though. What? Where can people find y'all? Where can people find the album? When can they find the album? It's come out That's early. actually like three and one. Early 2024, the singles are dropping. You can find me at shaferthedarklord.com. I do two <laughs> songs a month. One is a cover. 
One is original. My Patreon is very, very elaborate, and it keeps growing every month. How about you, Lars? Where can uh, you, you? Can, uh, you can just go to mclars.com. My Patreon is still very active. And you know, you can both of our websites, it's going to be a bunch of links to our social media, but then you can go there and, and find more up-to-date information as the singles from 999, our new collaborative album about the occult side of Disney, are released. Oh, yeah. And tour. You guys touring? Yeah, in the May, probably. In the spring, maybe earlier, depending on what Shaper's doing. I'm just sitting around waiting for Lars to say he's ready to go to, on tour. Are you doing a West Coast tour with the horse, the other horsemen? Yes, right? I don't know. That's not really confirmed. Okay. But just at least to South by. This is all like private stuff. Yeah. But right from, from tech to... I, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't like hammered any of that out yet. I'm trying to figure out what markets will hit that you don't hit with them. I would rather talk about the shows that I'm going to do with you in support of 999 in the spring. Okay. Oh, yeah. So check <laughs> out the shows. We love you. There you go. And I will see y'all somewhere. Jeff, you're awesome. so professional. Thanks for putting uh, up with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you all for joining me. Yeah, thank you. For, thank you so much for having us. Meet Dreamfinder, a magical inventor and his curious dragon buddy Figment. Nothing could possibly go wrong here. In realms where dreams entwine, they contrived Refinder and Figment, always side by side. Laughter, joyful smiles, and adventures they encountered. Friends for life, even when the pressure's mounted. But coughing up blood, Dreamfinder discovered that he couldn't keep a secret from his little dragon brother. Unseen sickness was taking its toll. What's death? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. The dimming of a spark wreaked havoc on a heavy heart. A well meaning friend tended to his counterpart. Rising on the last dawn from a final dream dreamt, it was clear that the spirit had all already left the scientist but the dragon kept on trying at reviving his companion's life in spite of his own crying this wouldn't be the way colors faded to gray part of figment died within that day thanks for listening if you enjoyed our show and have a moment please rate and review it helps us out a lot also recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids you can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.